This is Warrior's Way Podcast, Episode 36, and I'm James Eek. Whatever the future may have for us, there's no doubt that the average woman is weaker in muscular strength than the average man. Yet in modern life, it is not actual muscle that tells. Agility, alertness, dexterity, and endurance are usually of more importance, as the lessons of the Russo-Japanese War have taught. And it is the Japanese fine art of jujitsu, or self-defense, that has proved more than a match for mere brute force. And it is therefore not only a good accomplishment, but a necessary safeguard for the woman who has to defend herself through life. Jiu-jitsu, which literally translated means the soft art, is the art of balance and leverage. As easy as ABC and as easy learnt as a child learns to walk. It has been practiced in Japan for more than 2,000 years, but has only been taught to the populace during the last 40 years. Till then, it was only known to the samurai, the great fighting men of Japan, by whom it was taught by father to son and so preserved. It was introduced into this country about 10 years ago by Mr. Barton Wright, who brought over the two Japanese champions known as Yuenishi and Tani. These men are quite representative of their race. Yuenishi, being of a good family, learned the art from childhood as a sport. Tani, the son of a policeman, had lived all of his life in a dojo, kind of a wrestling school, and mastered the science as a business. So taking the two different aspects of the art, as taught by these two men, and all the lessons I learned I could get from other clever Japanese, Mayaki, Ono, Maida, Chiba-san, and others, I've done my very best to apply Japanese methods to English wants. And I do not think there is any form of attack which cannot be dealt with, nor any opponent who cannot be defeated with surprising ease. The great secret of jiu-jitsu is to use an adversary's strength. For instance, a man rushes at a woman. He is aiming at a certain spot, that is, where she is standing. If she steps in to meet him and turns her head under his arm, he has wasted his strength on empty air and she is close to him, in such a position that she can pull him over with ease, because his balance, after hitting nothing, is not true. The leverage lies in twisting wrists, elbows, or knee joints, the way they're not meant to go. And it is quite surprising to find how easy it is to apply this, because if one is being pulled, the joints of the person pulling are in a bent position. Therefore, one suddenly comes forward in the very way one was being pulled, but further than the assailant meant. So one bends his joints back further than nature intended them, thus holding him helpless. And should he attempt to struggle, causing him pain. In this way, one can regulate the punishment meted out. That is to say, one need only throw him and hold him helpless by a lock, or one can make it worse by breaking the limb. Another side of this art is that the student is taught to fall without hurting herself. And as use becomes second nature, it's a very useful thing to know. But this is just a very slight sketch of what this great art will enable those who master it to do. It provides for every emergency and can meet every form of attack. 
How surprised that man at the Reading meeting would have been if the woman he struck had ducked her head, caught his arm before he drew it back, and pulled him off of the platform. I believe that everybody of the audience would have approved. Physical force seems the only thing in which women have not demonstrated their equality to men. And whilst we are waiting for the evolution which is slowly taking place and bringing about that equality, we might just as well take time by the forelock and use science, otherwise jujitsu. In this art, all are equal. Little or big, heavy or light, strong or weak, it is science and agility that win the victory. Is not this a forecast for the future? Science, quickness, vitality, and brains are surely equal to brute strength in politics as well as in fights. So that is from an article published in 1910 by an amazing woman by the name of Edith Garrod. And the article is called The World We Live In. Now, if you don't know who Edith was, and most of you probably don't, you need to do some research because she was one of the first Western instructors of the martial arts, and if not likely the first Western female martial arts instructor. Now, Edith lived to a wise old 99 years when she passed away in 1971, but I'd have to say her influence has lasted. The home that she lived in was adorned somewhat recently with a plaque with her name and under which it says the suffragette that knew jiu-jitsu. Yeah. The suffragette that knew jiu-jitsu. You see, Edith taught suffragettes, those women who literally fought and died for women's rights in the United Kingdom, jiu-jitsu. Between 1908 and up to around 1914. But let's back up a bit. So in 1899, Edith and her husband, William, were introduced to the art of jiu-jitsu by a man by the name of Edward William Barton Wright. Now, this is the guy that was the first jiu-jitsu teacher in Europe and the founder of an eclectic martial art called Bartitsu. Five years later, Edith and her husband became students at a jiu-jitsu school of the former Bartitsu club instructor, Yuenishi, that she talks about in the article, in Golden Square, Soho. When Yuenishi left England in 1908, William took over as the owner and manager of the Golden Square School, and Edith herself became the instructor of the women's and the children's classes. Edith, though, wasn't just a martial arts instructor. Or maybe she was the definition of a martial arts instructor. She saw women being injured 
and killed during the suffragette movement in the United Kingdom for women's rights and took it upon herself to train these women jujitsu so that they could defend themselves against the police and the vigilantes that were trying to do them in. Even less widely documented have been the efforts made by Edith to protect the movement's leaders from arrest or injury in the first place through the creation that she had of a 30-woman strong elite jiu-jitsu bodyguard that she trained to resist all those men that would otherwise beat them down. That's incredible. Now, Garud was four foot, 11 inches, but she knew jiu-jitsu. And she seems to have embraced the spotlight even before that bodyguard was formed. She produced an illustrated article explaining how women could use jiu-jitsu methods, as she wrote, that brought great burly cowards nearly twice their size to their feet and made them howl for mercy. (laughs) And she retired from teaching jiu-jitsu in 1925 at age 53. Man, there's, there's literally nothing that I don't love about this story. The suffragette who knew jiu-jitsu. You have to remember, suffragettes were women who were fighting for their right to vote. And they weren't allowed that right because they were told they couldn't fight for the country. So Edith taught them how to fight, taught them jiu-jitsu. This is what the martial arts not only should be like, but always has been like. It's empowering people. Edith knew this. And when she saw the need for it, she gave the skills needed to the people who needed it the most. As far as I'm concerned, she should be a household name. You know who Bruce Lee is? You should know who Edith Gurud is. She's all the best things about jiu-jitsu and the martial arts and the idea that a good martial arts instructor should build community. She not only built community, but she built a 30-woman, strong, elite jiu-jitsu trained group of ladies in hoop skirts whose job was to protect the leaders of the suffragette movement. A group that wanted to be able to vote and be treated as contributing members of society. I hope that as time goes on, we'll remember Edith and what she contributed to the world and jiu-jitsu and the martial arts. What she put on the line to teach jiu-jitsu in secret to people who needed it. She taught them how to fight. She taught them how to use weapons. These ladies under their hoop skirts carried Indian clubs that she taught them how to use as weapons. If you don't know what an Indian club is, imagine ladies with these big hoop skirts with a bowling pin strapped underneath of it. She taught them jiu-jitsu. They needed it. The truth is, is we all need it. As Edith would tell you, it makes you strong body and mind when you train it when you train in it or something like it when you know that you're going to have to use it 
that you are putting your faith and trust in this martial art. Jiu-jitsu, it gives you a superpower. If you don't have it, you don't have. And without a doubt, these suffragettes felt it. If you don't think the martial arts is empowering, take some classes. I can guarantee you that those women felt the superpower that jiu-jitsu gave them, and so did those police and the vigilantes who tried to oppose them and beat them down. We need five foot eleven tall inch tall women like Edith to teach more women to protect and empower and change their lives for the best. We need people like Edith to teach our children to be strong and confident and understand right from wrong. We need teachers like Edith who see a need and put themselves out there doing what needs to be done, not because it will be easy, but because it is right. And that to do otherwise is simply not acceptable. Edith, she was some kind of special person. And I think it would have been great to have known her. So if you're listening to this and you're inspired by Edith, do your research and write about her. Make podcasts about her. Create documentaries about her, movies about her. For the future of jiu-jitsu and the martial arts, I think it's really important that we do everything we can to spread the word about people like this. How do we not know about her? Add into all of this, if you didn't hear what she said, the person who taught the Gracies jiu-jitsu, the thing that became Brazilian jiu-jitsu, a man by the name of Maida, he was one of her teachers too. Think about that. I think it's so important that we do everything we can to spread the word about people like this. Let's face it, there aren't many people like Edith Gurid out there. We need more. So, let's move on. Man, that charges me up. Makes me want to do jujitsu. <laughs> um, Edith, wow. The suffragette who knew jiu-jitsu. Question of the week. My teacher said that when I don't train, I'm letting people down. But hey, I pay my dues, so what does it really matter if I'm there or not? Well, buddy. <laughs> sure, you're paying your money. And you're helping keep the lights on. And I'm sure everybody's really thankful for that. Yep. Think about it, though. Have you ever been to a class where there are only a couple people there? How did it feel? Did you feel the big gaping hole in the dojo without everybody there? Without certain people there? Without that one person there? If you think about it, and I know this is going to be unpopular in this selfish, self-centered, and self-indulgent time. But what you owe the people you train with in the dojo you train in is not just your financial support. But more importantly, you. If you say you train but you haven't seen the inside of the dojo for weeks or months then you need to ask yourself if you really care 
about your school and your teacher and the other students. You might think you care about it, but do you? What about the teacher? I'm pretty sure that he or she is still there at it. The other students who are serious, yeah, guess what? They're there too. Where are you? Realize that when you train, when you're part of a family, that a dojo is, an academy is, you're part of something bigger than you. You are needed. You are important in that formula. You take off somewhere for weeks or for months, and you're not just letting yourself down, because you are, but you're letting down the people who need you, need you. They don't need your money. That helps. They need you. And I'm sure you think you're doing big things or important things, but they need you. They miss you. The things that they could be learning with you and from you, they're being cheated. Martial arts, you'll find, is not about you. It's about helping others. Edith knew this. It's not about selfishness. It's about selflessness. It's about doing what's right. Martial arts is about working with other people, a lot of other people, so that you can all become the best that you can be. It isn't about being a tourist. Let's face it, nobody likes tourists. Sure, they like your money, but they don't like tourists. It isn't about paying a membership. It's a big part of training. Don't get me wrong, but that's not what it's about. It isn't about you. It's about others. It's about family. It's about work and pressure and consistency. And what you'll find as you train is that you need people. You can learn this the easy way, or unfortunately, you will learn it the hard way. And usually when it's too late. So there you go. Are you letting people down? Well, you don't have to. Get in there. So there you go. That is the podcast for this week. The suffragette who knew jujitsu. Man, what an amazing story. Look into her. Do yourself a favor. And if you like this podcast and the things we're doing, like educating you about people like Edith Garid, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Because we can either get the word out there, or we can dwell in the basement because no one will ever hear about us. And don't just give it five stars. 
Give it some words. I know you have probably texted once or twice today, probably. That same thumb movement you can do for good. (laughs) And type a few kind words about this podcast. Give it a review. Let other people know that you like it. Heck, let me know that you like it. It's a lonely world out here doing these things. The other thing is we have a Facebook page. If you haven't yet, click the button that says you are now part of the Warrior's Way podcast army. So follow it. It's a good page. You can also find me on the Eek Academy Facebook page. We have a Warrior's Way website out there, which I am trying to add to all the time. But recording podcasts and teaching classes and all the rest of the jazz that goes on with that. Um, it's happening slowly. I'm making sure that we have the right material out there. I'm thinking I'm going to put something about Edith on there though. So be sure to pay attention. So without further ado, get out there, train hard, have fun, support your school, support the people you train with, or in other words, like I say, every time be a good friend. Thanks a lot.